It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use that code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Happy Throwback Thursday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Sarah's running the dials for us today back at the CHGO studios, and we appreciate that. As always, uh, lots of stuff to get to, as you always do in a hockey summer, August 18th. We've got uh, Team USA eliminated from the World Junior Championship. Way to go, Greg. Oof. Add it to the Jeez. list of things that I'm to blame for. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Chris Jericho's scroll. Of, of Spoke it into existence. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, I think it, actually it might be you my guys fault. Because <laughs> I said you guys it. just brushed past the checks yeah. like they were nothing, and then that vibe carried over mm. to the Team USA locker room, and now the defending yeah. gold medal champs get nothing. Yeah, that was wow. uh, not good, and we're going to get into that. Uh, for our Throwback Thursday topic, 26 years ago today, Mario is not born yet, and uh, the Blackhawks... Uh, that's not that's true. Not true. <laughs> he was a little toddler. <laughs> he, was, he was cute. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy Roenick was <laughs> traded to the Arizona Coyotes, then the Phoenix Coyotes. little history lesson for the kids out there. Uh-huh. Uh, we will get back to that. Uh, that'll be the second part of the show, but uh, we've got to remember it. It is an important moment in Blackhawks history and I think for fans of a certain age like Greg and me maybe a little bit older it's one of those where were you when this happened sort of moments and I recall vividly uh so we're going to get into that as well I tagged Jeremy Roenick on the uh tweet so maybe he'll show some interest in pop on the show that'd be fun yeah maybe Hey, hey, he's not doing much these days. (laughs) He's probably on the golf. He's probably like in in, on hole six in some golf course right now. Well, that's chasing snakes or alligators or whatever he does out there. (laughs) Yeah, I saw. That's funny you mentioned that because I saw that just happen. A JJ Watt had like a rattlesnake in his house. Yeah, but there's. I remember this on YouTube like or uh, Twitter years ago. Ronick had like a rattlesnake in his garage, and he just. I don't know if he got a hockey stick or a golf a golf club and just like hooked it and like yeeted the thing like yeah. over his fence. He's just very used to getting rid of rattlesnakes. Didn't he just, I, I feel like uh, there also was a video of him like on the, like on a golf course in Florida or something. And he just like jumped on an alligator that was like yeah, in the, a couple years ago. <laughs> on the course. Like, I don't know. The guy's got a death wish. Uh, well, that's how he, that's how he played the game. So you yeah. Know, yeah. He's exactly. the same exact guy off the ice as he was on the ice. Yeah. Never change, JR. Uh, and he won't. 
<laughs> no, and no. that's why he's golfing instead of working someplace right now. Yes, we're being told he will not change. Um, all right, so let's start with Team USA. Um, really uh, disappointing game, uh, losing to yeah. Czechia. A final score was 4-2, right? I, I know there was an empty yep. Yeah, 4-2 is the final score. Yep. And... I, you know, when I, thinking back on that game, and I know not everybody watched it, so we'll we'll try to catch up as best we can. I, I will admit, I it, I went to bed in the first period after the first. Well, period. you know what, you didn't. It was a late, Team USA. Yeah, you it was, did the yeah, thing. Yeah, it was a late game, so I yeah, had to, I had to hit the hay. You had, um, I think the game. Well, two two key things happened in the game. Um, Hughes, Luke Hughes took. I wouldn't call it knee to knee, but it was like a leg to leg hit. Yeah, and clearly was not. Okay, you know, went to the bench, went down the tunnel, came back out a little bit later, and you could see when he was skating, he was just not mobile. You know, he was playing at maybe fifty percent, at if that. That's huge because he's probably their best all around player. Yeah. Uh, then you had uh, Berard with the behind the play frustration slew foot that got them a five minute major and him thrown out of the game. He's been a spark plug for Team USA throughout the entire tournament. So you're without him. You're got, he was at 50% and they got out coached, man. Look, they were talking about it on the broadcast. Four games were played on that ice surface that day, yesterday. Clearly the ice was crap, right? right? It, it was, it was an issue. And team USA had no adjustment to the style of play until late, late, late in the third, when they finally were like, look, if we're going to score, we're going to have to, get pucks on the net and just crash the net as best we can. That's how they got their second goal. But for two and a half periods, they're trying to dipsy doodle and spin around. It was like a Blackhawks power play. You know, mm. it's like there was no, uh, first of all, there was not a lot of urgency. It felt like they were just assuming they were going to win. And then when things started getting late and desperate, they didn't really have an answer. And, and the checks just sat back. You'd see five red sweaters in front of the net, like, almost like an army, like, screw you, you're not getting past us. <laughs> and they didn't. It was yeah. just a fantastic game for the Czechs and I think a big missed opportunity for the U.S. because they just refused to adjust. Yeah, yeah, they they played well in the first period, and then when they gave up that tying goal late in the first, it was over. Like, they, yeah. they didn't they didn't bounce back. As you mentioned, um, they tried – they just looked like, hey, we're the more talented team and we're just going to put our skates on the ice and we'll win because of our talent and not work for it, where the Czechs were like, no, we're going to beat your ass and, like, score a dirty goal. And that third goal should have never went in. Awful goal, uh, which turned out to be the game-winning goal. So maybe our buddy Chris Peters was right when he said, no Drew Camesso means no medal. Uh, he, I mean, that goal should never have gone in from <laughs> – that that it was just a bad goal, and when that went yeah. in and it put up the ch it put Checky up three one, it was like this is over. This team is a dead ass team right now, and they're not coming back. When the, it's they tried, if they, had they had they started the third period like they finished the third period, maybe they're still playing. But they just figured we're going to throw our jerseys on the ice, and our sheer talent difference is going to help us is going to win. And Checky just said no. Yeah. As you said, they played, they played, they, they, they made team USA have to work for it and they didn't want to work for it. And that's why they lost. Well, and that, that to me is what is so strange about this game, because what team USA had shown the entire tournament was that work ethic. They were crippling defense. Like, you know what I mean? Like they were shutting down. Did they give up like, uh, like it's 10 power play, some like absurd number, uh, throughout like four games, they give up like six power play shots or something, something 
remarkable. The defense had yeah. been so on point, and it was just it was not there. And this is not like sometimes these games happen where the better team, which I think if these teams played ten times, USA would probably win seven of them, right? But it was not one of those games where USA played better, but just like the breaks didn't go their way. They were outplayed. They were outplayed for the better part of what? I would say 50 minutes, 45 minutes at least. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you, you, you can't, uh, in these kinds of tournaments, we talked about it yesterday. You know, it's, it's one game at this point now and anything can happen. And, um, yeah, I, I think sometimes in these kinds of tournaments, the uh, the most talented team, the team with the highest expectations is not necessarily the one that always uh, plays in the final or comes away with a gold medal. And, um, you know, we, we, we've seen over the years a lot of different times where, you know, a, a country, not the USA or Canada or, or Sweden, um, you know, it has has uh, an upset in them. And uh, this year it was, you know, it, it was Czechia. Um, and I think, you know, team USA, like you said, you can't just go out there and expect to win just based off of sheer talent. Like the, the, through the preliminary round, you know, they, they, they had a a little bit of a, of a scare, uh, late in the game against Sweden, but you know, they, that game wasn't as close as the three, two score would have, would have told you, but they hadn't been tested. And this was the, you know, first big, uh, test that they were going to face in the tournament. First big adversity. Um, and it, it, it seems like they just weren't uh, weren't up to the task at uh, at that at that point. Yeah, it was it was very frustrating to watch <laughs> as a fan. It, it had the feel of, you know, we saw this a lot from the Blackhawks during the dynasty, where the, the again, like just the we're just going to keep doing what we always do and hope it works. And if it doesn't, we lose. You know, like kind of just the the lack of wanting to adapt the style to fit the game. And look, yeah. the Hawks had 82 games and playoffs to overcome those games that things weren't working during that time. But when it's a one and done, it's it, that's it. It's over. There's they don't get another chance. And and I really, you know, the Berard thing really bugs me because it was so selfish and so dumb. It was not one of those part of the play oh like this just happened and it kind of looked like yeah. a slew foot this was an intentional behind the play grab the guy put your foot behind him and pull him back and hope you don't get caught and you're out for the game so you got one guy playing 50 percent in hughes and you've got a uh, berard gone yeah, you're, you're basically down two players yeah by the way i want to shout out uh the son Stupid of yeah the, very selfish for sure the son of former blackhawk yaroslav spacek David Spacek plays for Czechia. Dude can play. Mm-hmm. He, he was one of their better players throughout the game. He doesn't look as much like a cat as his father does, which was a little bit disappointing. <laughs> like, if Dan Aykroyd and a cat mated at Jaroslav Spacek, uh, David looks much less feline than his father did, which was a disappointment, but he's still a really solid player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um but we do have two Blackhawks prospects uh, still playing. still going. Uh, Victor Schornberg was actually the player of the game for Sweden, even despite not picking up a point. But that shows you, like, how his game is. Uh, very effective. Didn't get on the score sheet, but they beat Latvia two to one in a very close game. Uh, tip of the cap to the Latvian team who wasn't even supposed to be in this tournament. The only reason they were there is because Russia was told to stay home and, and play soldier. And, um, you know, they 
they weren't supposed to be there. They upset Czechia to get to even qualify for the medal round. And then they nearly pulled off an upset against Sweden. They were there the whole game. It was just two yeah. to one. Um, so so tip of the cap to them with no relegation. They'll be back. They will they wouldn't have been relegated anyway, but they'll be back in December uh the December tournament. I think they've got like 16 players returning from that team. So it's pretty good. Maybe they, maybe they're a team to make a little noise. And then of course, uh Canada uh into the they'll play Czechia now, I believe, with yeah. the reseeding. And uh Ethan Del Mastro, uh man, he's uh he's making a difference. He had a huge hit. Uh, there was a play where Ridley Craig was was hit at, behind the play and injured himself, and DeMastro remembered what number it was and then put him into the ninth <laughs> row of the seats. Uh, that's what he's been doing this tournament. He's been destroying dudes left and yeah. right. Didn't We didn't expect him to really play much, didn't play in the first preliminary game, and he's been a staple in the lineup ever since, and he's playing in elimination games and making a difference. That's, that's huge. And, oh. and this is a kid that I think – in training camp is going to make the Blackhawks at least think for a minute about uh, maybe giving him eight games before sending him back to the juniors. Who knows? Yeah, you never maybe. know. He's going to make them think hard about yeah. what they want to do. I don't think there's any way he's on the Blackhawks this season, maybe a, a, a splash at the end of the year, but he's going to make that decision a little harder than it probably should be. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I have the feeling he's going to get uh, some, some pretty decent, preseason action just to uh you know have have the blackhawks uh give him give an opportunity to kind of show what he can do at a at a more professional level but yeah he, he stood out to us at uh at prospect camp um i assume he's going to be at the uh, the rookie showcase in september leading into training camp yeah i mean he's talk about making the most of an opportunity he was a, an injury replacement um with with team canada and then just kind of played you know got got an opportunity to get into the lineup into the preliminary round and played well enough that you know the the, the he's he's stuck in the lineup so good on him um i think yeah what we've seen from him in this tournament is that physical side of him for uh you know f- for the for how how young he is to be able to kind of play a more like physically mature game is 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 really impressive and uh he's been bringing that to the to the canadian roster so yeah it'll be uh, it'll be a fun one. I think it's it's what uh, can so Canada, Czechia, and Sweden and Finland in the uh, semifinals. Rivals, Go big Finland. rivals. Yeah, Sweden, Finland. That'll be a good. Yeah. That'll be a Go good Finland, game. So we can get more videos of the Prime Minister of Finland dancing with her friends. That's that. We'll <laughs> yeah, never get I saw that last world. night. What what is happening with that? Like, she's just she's, she's just, just out too, partying. She, that's what she does. She's amazing. She's she's a young, attractive uh, woman who likes to go to music festivals and let loose, and like it's not affecting her job at all. I don't think anybody in Finland is upset. Um, as long as she so, doesn't wear a tan suit. She'll be fine. Right. No, no. Finland, uh, they, they don't care about stuff like that because everybody else in Finland is going to music festivals and dancing with their friends. So, you know, she's just fitting in. Interesting. Um, yes. So good stuff. And um, two the semifinals today, is that, is tomorrow, that correct? Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. They give them a day off. All right. Let Canada, that ice recover. I think Canada is the afternoon game, and then Sweden-Finland, I believe, is the night game. Well, they didn't put Canada in prime time. I'm kind of surprised. Um, I, oh, I don't know. Well, it's, I, a, it's a Saturday. It doesn't matter. It's yep. a Saturday. Friday. Yeah. Friday. Today's I am Thursday. so screwed. Yeah, I have no idea <laughs> what day. Ever since this job started, I have no idea what day it is oh, anymore. It's, it's only going to get better during the season when we're like, what oh, time? Yeah. 
Well, it's just where? no. The during the season is just going to be: is it a game day, a practice day, or do I actually get to sleep for a change? Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Can't before sleep. we get to uh, Jeremy Roenick, uh, the little bit of news here: the Blackhawks made the signing we talked about yesterday. Uh, forward Cole Gutman, uh, two-year entry-level contract runs through 2023-24, dollar uh, cap hit. He set career highs in goals, assists, and points during the 21-22 season at the University of Denver. Uh, so he was originally drafted by the Lightning in 2017 as a six-round pick. Uh, Lightning did not sign him, so he became a free agent, and the Hawks scooped him up. So Cole Gutman is in the fold, and someone will probably see get a look in camp. Um, you know, kind of on that, like, I don't know, would you call it like the Ben Smith trajectory, the Tanner Caro trajectory, you know, yeah. the, the yeah. older free agent college guy who can college free, and, yeah, college yeah. free agent. He'll get a he'll get an opportunity uh, to I, I'm sure play in the in the in the rookie showcase, play in training camp, and 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 see what uh, see what he can do, and probably ends up in in Rockford for the entire season. Who knows? But um, yeah, I mean, it seems like he you know he seems like uh, the direction that Kyle Davidson is uh, is is trying to go with some of these. Um, with some of these more um, minor league signings, I guess. Um, and, and, and what the, what the organization is trying to do is, is have a focus on character. Uh, and, and Gutman was the, the, the team captain at, uh, at, at Denver this past season, national champions. Um, so getting a, getting a guy like that uh, into the organization, I don't think is, is, is a bad thing whatsoever. Uh, give, give the kid a chance. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what he can do. Yeah, and that's that's Davidson had a little uh, quote in the press release that came out this morning along those lines. As you mentioned, he was the captain for the Denver Pioneers, and they won the uh, NCAA national championship, the ninth in team uh school history tying an NCAA record Davidson had this to say Cole's game has progressed during his time with the University of Denver, and we're looking forward to continuing that development within the our organization captaining his team to a championship last season demonstrates his leadership and commitment on the ice. And those are the qualities we're always looking for in our players. So uh, a no risk, high reward type move at worst case scenario. He's a, he's a contributor on the Rockford ice hogs playoff team, hopefully this year and next year, best case scenario. He's a fourth liner contributing, you know, he's a, Mackenzie Entwistle, Josiah Slavin type of player that, you know, gets you those those minutes that somebody has to play up here at this NHL level. So, uh, you know, uh, another body, another potential contributor down the road. No doubt. Can't have too many of those. All right, we're going to get to our Throwback Thursday topic next. Reminder, if you're in the YouTube chat, smash that like button, dab that like button, do all those cool things that all the kids do on YouTube and a reminder too, if you're listening on the audio only version, uh, make sure not only are you listening to the podcast, but that you're also subscribed wherever you listen. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podomatic, Podbean.biz, whatever it is, you hit that follow button, you subscribe <laughs> and turn on those notifications too. So, you know, as soon as a new episode is out and we want to remind you that points bet sportsbook is counting down the days until the football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off. From now until September 8th, Points Bet Power Hour will unlock a new daily offer from noon to 1 p.m. Central. So sign up for Sportsbook 
for, for points bet sportsbook now using the code CHGO to also get risk-free bets up to $2,000. Don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th, but that's not it. If you make a $51 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership that gets you all of our great web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker, like my CHGO fire shirt I'm wearing now. Download the PointsBet app today and use code CHGO to take advantage of this limited time offer. Don't just bet. Live your bet life with points with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And we are brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens and their AG1 formula, which is designed to improve your gut health, optimize your immune system, and give you more natural energy. Uh, I had my AG1 this morning. Feeling uh, feeling good. Feeling good. Uh, one scoop of AG1 in a cup of water each day. That's all it is. And in that scoop, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. If you have different dietary restrictions for whatever reason, if it's gluten-free, dairy-free, keto, paleo, vegan, and all those other uh, eating uh, pathways, uh, you're good to go with AG1. It fits into uh, all of those uh, restrictions and whatnot. Easy to incorporate into your life, no matter how busy you might be. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash chgoblackhawks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got one thing to add before we get uh, into the... uh, Just one one more thing. Maybe pleasant conversation or not. (laughs) If you don't follow the CHGO Blackhawks Twitter account just Uh, yet, please What are you doing? We have a goal. We want to get to 6,000 followers before opening night. So we put a plea out to you guys, and you guys have been coming through. And since we mentioned it yesterday in the last 24 hours we've gained over 100 followers we're up over 4700 followers right now so 13 more days like yesterday and we'll be at our goal so if you don't <laughs> follow us on twitter please are please do so chgo underscore blackhawks and if you have a blackhawks or just nhl fan uh in your circle of friends or family that will enjoy the coverage here let them know have them follow us as well help us get to 6,000 followers by uh opening night i think we can hit that goal no problem That'd be awesome. Thanks to all of our new followers and all of our old followers as well. Uh, We wouldn't be able to sit here in our homes talking about hockey in the middle of the day in August if it wasn't for you guys watching. So we appreciate it. And in real time, we just got a new follower. There nice. you go. See there. Okay. Thank you, B. Phillips, thirty-six hundred. There you, you get go. Get on air when you follow live. Not to be confused with the other thirty-five hundred and ninety-nine B. Phillipses. <laughs> right. That's right. Is that Brendan Phillips, <laughs> Mister Mister Jade Cargill? That'd be cool. <laughs> I wonder. Is there a way to know like who is the precise like the six the six thousandth follower? I mean, I if we, we just, if we yeah. stare at it at five nine 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 and then wait for the next follower. Yeah. I'm not really interested in doing that. <laughs> I was going to say we could send him a shirt or something, but that's not It'd fair be... to the people that were there first. Right. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Screw we'll that see. guy. We'll girl. figure something out. All right. Where were you 
on August 16th. Where were you the night of August 16th, 1996? Were you trading Jeremy Roenick? Mm. Oh, God. It's probably, get, probably getting ready for first grade. Sarah puts the graphic up on the screen if you're on the YouTube. Written by KC Johnson. Hey. <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, of go. the Chicago Tribune, KC Johnson had the story. Goes to show that like the hockey beat is like the launching pad to other things in careers. <laughs> At least it used to be. Yep. Not here at CHGO. We cover hockey because we want to. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, this story here. Keep this up on the screen here, Sarah. This is great. Some of the some of the quotes on here. Uh, Hawks coach Craig Hartsburg. There are not many centers that has the skill that Jamnov does. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> this is painful. And you guys know I am a. Alexei Zhamnov, fan, good player, but the trade officially was Jeremy Roenick to the Coyotes for right winger Craig Mills, obviously center Alexei Zhamnov, and a first-round pick in the 1997 NHL draft. That pick was Ty Jones, who was supposed to be a stud and never played. Uh, so the fact that that pick completely busted out made this a lot worse. It did. But this was the first time as a hockey fan for me that I had my heart ripped out of my chest. It wouldn't be the last, but it was the first. Because I have to say, like, I was not a... I became a big Hawks fan, like a diehard Hawks fan, after the cup loss to the Penguins. I sort of casually watched that and then was like, well, that was awesome, so I'm going to really get into hockey. And that that's kind of what started it. So that loss didn't, like, crush me like it would have now. So Ronick being traded to the Coyotes was just that was the first nad kicking I took from the Blackhawks of many. That was that was painful. And it was the start of the complete disassembly. Yeah, like, you know, it wasn't much longer after this that Ed Belfour was gone, then Chris Chelios was gone. And it was like anybody that was any good that wanted a a, a penny raise on their contract was traded for Mm. scraps. Yeah. Um, but out of all those trades in the in the late 90s, this one was the best return for the Blackhawks. Um, and you mentioned that 1997 draft at pick a Ty Jones. It was the second of two pick. That 1997 draft was not good. Um, like we talked the other day, like who could they have picked instead? Well, Ty, Ty Jones was the second of two first round picks for the Hawks. They picked Daniel Cleary with their own pick, 13th overall. Not when a first look- round pick, but not a bad player. Right. But when you look at the rest of that first round, there really isn't, that wasn't a whole lot. Like I'm scrolling through these names and I don't even recognize like most of these names. A lot of these guys never made it to the NHL. Interesting. It it was a top heavy draft. Hang on. Sorry to interrupt you. One pick before Dan Cleary. I was getting there. I was getting there. (laughs) I'll let you get there on your own. Yes. (laughs) Uh, number one overall was Joe Thornton to the Boston Bruins. Number two overall was Patrick Marlowe to the San Jose Sharks. And, of course, those two guys became longtime teammates. Yeah. It's fun. Good um, careers. Good careers. Yeah, yeah, decent, Oli- decent. Oh, yeah. Those guys were, were okay. Joe Thornton, is he still is he on a team? Is he still staying with Florida? Florida, um, I believe. Yeah. So he's still playing kind of, sort of. It could um, be wrong. Let me check. Ole was number three. Um, the subject of my favorite hockey gift of all time. The Ole Jokinen waffle gift is, is the greatest, <laughs> yes, it's the greatest thing is, in hockey. That is good. That is yeah, good. It, if you've never seen it, just Google Ole Jokinen waffles and just play it on a loop for like 40 minutes. You'll, your day will be infinitely better. Uh, Roberto Larongo went fourth 
to the New York Islanders. He had a pretty decent That's career. Pretty good. Um, yeah, and and the Blackhawks ended up having um, f- four of the top thirteen picks eventually play for them. Daniel Cleary at thirteenth. Uh, Sergey Samson- Samsonov went eighth to the Boston Bruins. He eventually became a Blackhawk. The ninth pick overall was defenseman Nick Boynton. Mm. And then 12th overall, one pick ahead of Daniel Clear and the Blackhawks, some guy named Marion Hosa was drafted by the Ottawa Senators. Mm. Um, talk about if you ever do redrafts and drafts. Hosa, does he go number one overall ahead of Thornton and, and Marlowe? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I, so, I, I would say so. So, yeah, eventually four of the top 13 picks of that 1997 draft all played for the Blackhawks. Um, but you know, that draft was weak and you know, they, the, the, uh, um, man, what did I, I've just had a brain fart, but you know, the, <laughs> the, the coyotes, that was their first year in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. They had moved from Winnipeg, the original jets to Phoenix that off season. So they wanted to make a big splash. They wanted to do something to get people excited. And Jeremy Roenick was a superstar at that point. And they, they traded away a very good player and Alex Jamnoff. But when you look at like some of those jets teams of the early nineties, they had Jamnoff, Keith Kachuk and Timu Solani yep. all on the same team. And they never made it out of the first round of the playoffs. So they needed to make a change and they went to get Jeremy Roenick. Uh, Solani was already gone at that point, I yep. believe. Yep. So they had to do something uh, like, Hey, Timu Solani, this, amazing player is no longer here we're moving to a new market let's go get a, a name that's going to sell tickets and it, it worked out pretty good for both sides we'll get to it at the end but in the end i think the blackhawks <clears throat> statistically got the better end of this trade which is amazing right when you when you really think about it but i you know it's cool for a well not an expansion team but a team that's moving to a new market to come in day one with ronick and kachuk i mean that's to, to that's that's pretty prof- big. Like high profile American born in their prime stud hockey players, uh, not just are, that are really good, but are also like good personalities. Mm-hmm. That was for for Phoenix. That was a no brainer. I mean, it's like it, it's like Flurry going to Vegas. Like yes, yes, huge, huge impact right away. Yeah. Um. So, but, yeah, and it's funny, you know. You, I was thinking about this as you as you were going over the draft. Like, had the Hawks drafted Hosa you know there would have been like a contract dispute and it never would have happened yeah. he would have been tra- he would have been traded in in 1999 yeah. to right. you know the the Montreal Canadiens for some bum and and never we never would have had those three cups so you it, also it wor- probably out. you'd also never have Kane or Taves and it, it's the butterfly fight. the yeah. enti- the yeah. entire yeah. the entire trajectory of the franchise is completely different with that. The well, Blackhawks got Marion Hosa when they when were supposed to get him. Yes, it was yes, fate. At the most opportune time. Yes. Uh, speaking of butterfly effect, um, the, I, I came across this uh, trying to do some research into this trade and timeline to get a little bit more familiar with it because I really wasn't, I never paid attention to it when it happened. Obviously, I was six years old. Um, but uh, to, to, to get some, some context to it, but this is interesting. This is from a, a few years ago with, uh, with uh, the Athletics' Mark Lazarus. He spoke with former Blackhawks GM Mike Smith, and he told him a story about how uh, Smith's successor, Bob Pulford, almost 
traded Duncan Keith in a package to the Philadelphia Flyers to get Ronick and Tony Amani back to the Blackhawks. The only reason it didn't happen was because the 2004-05 season lockout froze the rosters. How about that? Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, I need to remember this. If it was, hold on, I'm going back to my book to remember what I wrote. He did. Paulford called Duncan Keith the worst pick in franchise history, or was that Dustin Bufflin? I think it was Keith. I can't remember. Hang on, I'm looking. I, I mean, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I that sounds familiar. I feel like I have heard that comment before regarding Keith. Um, but obviously <laughs> that uh, did not end up uh, being anything uh, remotely true. But yeah, I mean, that's that's crazy to think, you know, Duncan Keith may have never been a Chicago Blackhawk and Jeremy Roenick and Tony Amani would have come back at some point. I'm crazy. still looking for this. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to find this. Oh, here. OK, it's a Bob Pulford chapter. Hold on. There you go. Uh Okay. Uh, yes. While we're while we're I found uh, it. all right here here. Oh, he okay. found it. Here's so uh, Ole Jokin and looking at a waffle. Oh, Anyways. good, good. There oh, that's go. more <laughs> where it is. <laughs> I'm gonna go back. Yeah, it's great. Okay, so um, this is about Dustin Bufflin. Okay, not everybody at the Blackhawks liked Dustin. Mike Smith wrote. Bob Holford, the senior VP of hockey, growled by the end of the week that Dustin was quote the second worst player ever drafted by the Hawks. Dustin couldn't be the worst pick ever because Pulford had already awarded that distinction to Duncan Keith. Yeah. And we kept Goodness. bringing this boo back to the, we kept giving him positions of power, you know, I'm very yeah. impressed that I remembered both parts of that, <laughs> of that quote though. That was great. That it was Bufflin was second worst and Keith was the worst. Uh, but I, I saw mean, Bob Pulver like two years talk ago. About freezing cold takes. It couldn't have been two years ago. Maybe. Well, I don't know. One time recently, I was at the United Center because time is a flat circle. Mm-hmm. I saw Bob Pulford like walking the hallways with an ID badger on him. I'm like, no, no, go back to wherever you were. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't be here, sir. Get out, get oh, out, get no. out. Oh, man, it was brutal. But let's talk about Ronick a little bit because I think, you know, for, for again, guys like me and, and Greg and, and people our age and, and slightly older, like, to me, that was the dude who made me a Hawks fan. He was the coolest hockey player just uh, in an era where, you know, being brash and like being a rock and roll. You know what I mean? Like it was the hair metal era and Jeremy Roenick was like hair metal on ice. You know, he was Bon Jovi or poison on ice. And it was just he was brash. He was cocky. He was physical. He scored highlight reel goals. He would bleed all the time. His teeth would fly out like he was just everything you wanted your player to be Jeremy Roenick was that he and he pissed people off he would drop the gloves now and again he was just for a a kid my age at that time there was no cooler player and we've talked about this a few times over the last few weeks NHL 94 was such a huge um, gateway into the NHL for people and he was so if you've seen the scene scene in swingers you know what we're talking about Ronick was just, he was a cheat code. He was like Bo Jackson in Tech Mobile or later like Michael Vick in Madden where you yeah. almost couldn't let people play with the Blackhawks because Ronick was that good. He was just a freaking rock star. And that was the dude, like to me, 
there, there will never be a cooler hockey player than Jeremy Roenick. And yeah, I'm a little like bummed out by some of the things that have happened with him recently. And some of the, um, the lack of, I guess you would call like inward reflection, um, on things he said and things he's done and all those sort of things. Like, look, people change and evolve over time. And I think if you were to follow along most nineties hockey teams during the nineties with a camera, you'd see some pretty horrible crap from most of them. <laughs> but I yeah. think people evolve and people change. And I would like to see a little more from that, uh, from Jared, yeah. but as a, as, as hockey players go, I still Hosa was like different. Hosa was like a deity. You know, <laughs> Ronick was just a down and dirty badass, and just exactly what you wanted. Oh yeah! And Look the picture that. Sarah's got up there from the 75th anniversary team—a photo forever ruined by Chris Chelios in a Red Wings jersey. Um, <laughs> the the JR man, just uh, uh, you know, like at the, before hockey face took over, a good-looking dude. The the ladies, lo- the ladies loved him. Men wanted to be him. He was just the coolest, and it was yeah. impossible not to love Jeremy Roenick. And he made being a Hawks fan cool. He had that attitude though. Like he was loud mouth mm-hmm. and cocky, but backed it up. Yep. Like he wasn't one of these guys that just ran his mouth. And then when the moment came was nowhere to be found, he would tell you he was going to score two goals on you, score two goals on you. And then remind you that he scored two <laughs> goals on you on the way off the ice. Like, and then say, guess what? I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And, and then if he got, he, he just, he embodied like that era NHL. He had the, he had the shot. He had the, the skating ability. He was an all world offensively talented player, but he would get dirty when he needed to, he would get into a fight. He would get bloodied. He would, he would lose a tooth. He would throw a punch. He would, you know, throw an elbow to the face if he had to, like he had that embodiment of what, you know, Blackhawks fans wanted in their players. He was a great offensive player and but he also was a badass and was not afraid to mix it up and that's why he was so popular here because he had that cocky attitude he had that physical play but then he backed it up with his with his offensive production at least here in chicago it it took a dip once he left but that style of play caught up with him as well well you you mentioned backing it up and everyone remembers patrick waugh you know, talking crap to Ronick saying, I can't hear what Jeremy says because I've got my two Stanley Cup rings in my ears, which is you can't recover from a burn like that. Like, no, nah. he's right. <laughs> but Ronick was Ronick was the first one with shots fired. So in the series, and so it would actually turned out to be Ronick's last series as a Hawk in the 96 Western Conference semifinals against the Avalanche. Ronick had a breakaway and was pulled down and there was no penalty shot called. Um, and Patrick was like, it didn't matter. There was no call. I would have stopped him anyway. So Ronick says, yeah, there should have been a penalty called a penalty shot called no doubt about it. I like Patrick's quote that he would have stopped me. I just want to know where he was in game three, probably getting his jock out of the rafters at the United center. So that's what, <laughs> that that's the quote that actually led up to the Stanley cup and the Stanley cup rings in my ears quote from Wah. two guys that just personify nineties hockey, Jeremy Ronick mm-hmm. and Patrick Wah and you know they're just they're cool and they're flawed you know both guys have their flaws and and you've heard stuff about them more recently it's like but i wouldn't i i it's it's a shame that jeremy roenick did not finish his career as a hawk it's just if there's one guy that's the one and and you know it's 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 a testament to 
you know, what he meant to the, to the team and the fan base at the time and, and, and still does to, uh, you know, a huge chunk of the fan base um, who, you know, saw him play and, and, and saw him, you know, as a Blackhawk, you still see 27 Ronick jerseys at, yeah. at, at the United center uh, a, a bunch. And, um, you know, I, I always remember watching the, um, you know, the, the watching the, the broadcast of the, of the 2010 Stanley cup final when the Blackhawks won him like getting emotional and choked up because it was the Blackhawks and you saw how much it meant to him even still uh, that, you know, he, he, he played for Chicago and was, you know, was a uh, beloved in the city and, um, you know, to, to take it back to the trade, it, it never really seemed, it doesn't seem like something that, you know, when you look back at, at, you know, how he talks about, you know, having played for the Blackhawks and, 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 and leaving the team and whatnot, it doesn't seem like he actually, you know, go back to that article. It says, it's like, Oh, Jeremy made up his mind that he didn't want to be in Chicago or whatever. I, no. I don't know. I don't know. You, 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 you see him talk about the Blackhawks, uh, his time with them and, and it just, yeah, it just kind of comes off that he never really wanted to leave. So, um, yeah, I just, that, that, that's one thing for me, um, a, a non Jeremy Roenick playing the game, uh, memory that I have is, is that, uh, emotional time, uh, for him after the 2010 cup. And, you know, when, when they brought him back for his, uh, his, his one last shift, his, his, his skate around the ice, uh, you know, kissing center ice and whatnot. I mean, it's just the, the, he, you see, he wanted to be a Blackhawk. Yeah. And, and like you said, like one, one guy to, to play his, his career uh, in Chicago entirely and finish it with the Blackhawks. I, I mean, for, for me, I can't think of a, of a better one in, in, you know, at least the last 30, 40 years. What about Jonathan? Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah we have plenty well, of time to talk about that. we'll talk about that you know in a, in a few months yeah. oh we got a quote here from jeremy's book if you want to read another hockey book you can but <laughs> his first book is, is is really entertaining <laughs> probably the one thing that's a downer in my career or is one of my regrets is that i didn't play my whole career in chicago i couldn't imagine what my life would be right now if that had happened yeah well that was what made this trade a lot tougher for Hawks fans to, to accept was Jeremy didn't want to go anywhere. No. This wasn't him leaving free agency for a bigger payday. This wasn't him holding out and saying, trade me now, making a demand. He didn't want to go anywhere. He just wanted to be paid eventually what he was worth. Four and a half and Bill million Wirtz, is what he wanted. Yeah. And Bill Wirtz had wanted nothing to do with that. Uh, no way. And so he took his most popular player and traded him because he didn't want to pay him something that, he did dozens of times. And at um, the time, no salary cap. Yeah. I mean, so, so no reason not to do it if you really wanted to do it. And this was the, this was the beginning of the end for the Hawks and in, in the Bill Wirtz era, because again, as I mentioned, it was the next season at Belfort, same reason, wanted to get paid. He was coming to the end of his contract. They weren't going to resign him and they traded him for a bunch of crap, like nothing. Um, guys that weren't even on the team the, the following season. Ulf Dallin, Michael uh, Sikora, and Chris Terreri. Yeah. As I said, a bunch of crap. Um, <laughs> not that I remember off the top of my head. Can you tell that I'm still angry about that trade? That trade I, pissed I, me off more than all of them. All, at least with Ronick, you got a first-round pick and Alexis Jamnoff, yeah. who turned out to be a very good player for them for mm-hmm. eight seasons. Captain. But, yeah, but... The, that Belfort trade was for just crap. I'm just going to, I'm going to keep censoring myself. Um, and then Chris Chelios again, traded for nothing. 
trade for some big young defenseman who was supposed to be good, who turned out to be a complete hack and should have never played hockey ever. Um, so though the Ronick was the beginning of the end for the Bill Wirtz era. That's where he decided that's when he started to say the quiet parts out loud. And just, you could tell he didn't give a rat's ass about the success of this team. And, and the Blackhawks fans, this is going to sound terrible, but it's the God's honest truth. The Jeremy Ronick trade was when we all just started to count the days until this guy died and got out of there. Because that's uh, what it was. Those last few years is like uh, I, I ch- you check the obituary. Oh, uh, damn, Bill Words is still alive. Um, you know, yeah. it, it sounds terrible, but man, when he no, died, I, hey. I re- I remember the day he died, and I remember high fiving other Blackhawks fans, being yeah, like, "Yeah, it yes. was." It was I feel aw- bad for the family, but as a Blackhawks fan, good riddance. It was an awkward place to be. I remember Mike North on the score started his show with "Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead." Uh, from Wizard of Oz when Bill Wurst died. It's like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it's so, hard to feel. I mean, like, you can't. He like, got, all accounts, Bill yeah. Wirtz was not a great guy. When you get booed. At least at, at a business standpoint. When you get booed at your funeral. Yeah. Oof. I mean, yeah, it was rough. hard to feel bad. I mean, yes, it was somebody's father and brother and son and all that stuff and a family man. But I'm not part of the Wirtz family. And I, at that point, I was an angry, bitter Blackhawks fan and was like, goodbye. We've got some breaking hockey news. Uh, yep. Kevin Weeks on top of it. Nazem Kadri is a. Did you guys see it yet? No. I'm assuming an Islander. Calgary Flame. Wow. Flame. That Flames. came out of nowhere. Take yeah. that, Lou Lamorello. Yeah. <laughs> you old, weird, crotchety dude. Everyone was just assuming Islanders. And I guess uh, from what I see, our, our buddy James Nickel, who joined us to talk Barry Trotz uh, earlier in the summer says the Islanders just weren't able to make the money work. Kevin Weeks, it looks like, was first with the story. Uh, Elliot Friedman confirming. Um, so, yeah, it looks we... like Nazem Kadri will be a Calgary Flame. I don't Kadri and Lucic on the same team. Do we, have, do we have terms and money or no? Uh, Seven-year deal, according to Darren Dreger. Do not see any dollars uh, just yet. 30 Seven years for a 31-year-old? Years old. Hmm. Anyway, they're going for it. The Flames know. Yeah, like, I mean, they, this is their window. They, they yeah. knew they screwed up by letting well not being able to sign Gaudreau and then having to trade Kachuk, but they've reloaded uh, with Huberdo, Uyghur, and now Kadri. They're a team that's going to have to win either this year or next year with Daryl Sutter, like because yeah. if they don't win one in the next two or three years, it's going to get ugly real quick. It's oh. going to be Vegas Golden Knights part two. Yeah, well, it might be, but we. T- I mean, if they win a cup, though, it's worth it, right? And it we doesn't talk- matter. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right, it doesn't matter. Right, and we right. talked. But you about- have to win that cup. We talked about the West being like pretty much Colorado whenever on Mailbag Monday. Somebody asked, like, who are the other teams in the West? And it's kind of like there's a big Cal- blob of others. And I think Calgary's Calgary- throwing their hat in the w- ring. Cal- yeah, there's no Cal- doubt about that. Calgary adding Kadri uh, makes them, I think, probably second to Colorado in the West, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, boy, it's crazy to think you lose Gaudreau and Kachuk. You get Huberdeau, you get Wegar, and now you get Kadri, and it's it, it's it is, might. it is a it's a step down, but it's not as drastic as it is it feels, not especially as, in yeah. the short. They game. might be a better playoff team this year than they were with those two guys long term. You'd rather have Gaudreau and Kachuk yeah. for the next seven years, but right now. Uh, Calgary's better than Columbus, where Goudreau is, and Calgary is better than Florida, where Kachuk is, at least for this upcoming season. Yeah. Where, what happens later? Don't know. But Calgary said, hey, what's the best way to make our fans forget that we had to give away these two young players? Not give away, but we had to say goodbye to two talented young players. 
win a freaking cup. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you, that will make fans forgive you real quick. It's tough because from all reports, Calgary did everything they were supposed to do for Gaudreau and Kachuk. Like they were, they were offering the money and given what they were worth. And it was just like, they just didn't want to be there. And they're like, what can a team do about that? Right. right. What they can do is get a really solid return in the Kachuk trade, which they did. And then go bring back, you know, free agents to help, you know, with, they brought some other players and I, I haven't looked uh, recently, but it wasn't just those three. I didn't think, um, but they're, they're going to, no, be they, right. they've they, had a few other, they've got a shot. They really do. Yep. The other part of weeks is information is that they're going to be needing to move Sean Monahan. So that's interesting. That's really interesting. He's got a one on a one year deal. What? 6.3 million, uh, one year deal. And he does not, play up to that 6.3 million mm-hmm. modified no trade clause so that's uh that'll be interesting but yeah i think to make the money work you got to move out uh, uh a contract like that so um i know windy city hockey here in the uh in the chat saying that blackhawks maybe i, I don't think so i'm just you're, you're does nothing does nothing you're get, unless you're gonna be like you're getting too close to being a middle team and that's not yeah. what you want yep Unless, no. unless you don't want you don't want f- Sean Monahan with a chip on his shoulder looking to play for another contract on your team. Like it's and 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 you could say, oh, we could get their first round pick. Um, do they have one? I I don't know. I have a feeling they gave something they up in do. the trade. And even if they do, the way they're building this, it's going to be a late pick. Um, I know the draft. I don't think they have a first round pick next I'm year right now for uh, some reason. I think they to. gave it up in in a in a trade. Unless they get, well, they get one back from. They do. They the, do have a first round pick. Uh, next okay. Year. Okay. Yep. I thought like, I thought Calgary might have been one of those teams that's like they only have like one first in the next four years or something. Uh, no, they've yeah. got uh, for, they have actually one next year, one in twenty twenty four, and two in twenty twenty five. So they're not in terrible mm. shape there. But yeah, okay. like you're starting to talk about, yeah, maybe the Hawks could take on an asset to take Monahan, but. The team's going to be too good, and the point now is you're looking yeah. at Bedard or Fantilli yeah. or Mitchkov, and I think bringing in Monahan probably makes you too good. The contract you take on from Calgary and get an asset along with it is Milan Lucic. It's not Sean Monahan. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I don't yeah. think Lucic really moves your needle and and upsets your your chances at a top three pick as much as Monahan would. Now, granted, Monahan's been very disappointing. That's why they want to move, trade him in the first place. But he's a guy, again, that he, if he comes into this season looking to prove it um, to get another free agent contract, you know, he might be a guy that's just too counterproductive for what you're trying to accomplish I don't, this yeah. season. I, I'm just yeah. going to go on a record. I don't want them to add – anyone that can help from this point forward. Like I know Jack Johnson is bad by every measure, but like, no, like we're, we are yeah. dangerously flirting with being just like slightly, you know, just slightly terrible instead of absolutely terrible. Right. And, and I don't like that. I, I mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. no more. Like, unless someone's like, here's multiple first and prospects to take on the shit contract. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if it's something that's going to completely revamp your organization, cool. But I don't want to get out of the top three this year. Yeah, or or take a prospect to to 
to take an LTIR type of player. Like that's the move you make. Well, that um, would that's see that's doable. That's the sort of thing. That, that's what you a, do. You 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 take on a bad contract for a guy that's not going to play and get a draft pick or a prospect with. So is Pavel Datsuk still available? <laughs> I don't know. Did he ever did he ever leave that monastery or wherever the heck he was? Remember that weird ass story yes. that came out a couple years ago. CTE is a thing, folks. <laughs> William O'Brien says they need to bring bring back Probert. Uh, I would assume that would be one of those LTIR situations we're talking yes, about. I don't think he's available. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think that's going to work. Last time I checked, uh, still deceased and unavailable to play next season. And Nerfin says, so no Phil Kessel? No. I'm sorry. It's pain. It's painful. Phil Kessel <laughs> does not make you any better. How? It, I don't know. It's better than he was on the Coyotes, and the Coyotes were worse than the Blackhawks last year. It's better there. He's just better by being there. It's him or Reese Johnson. He scored eight goals last year. He had eight goals in 81, 82 games last year. Eight. I'm scared. He's going to have the power than all of us. He's going to have the the power of beef juice in his skates, and I'm I'm not here for that. It's going to be too good. Not going to happen. He's going to get his record. He's going to get his record and be like, deuces. (laughs) All right. Let's wrap things up. I know we've got our points bet play of the week this week. Let's do it. All right. Um, I know Mario's been on a hot streak, but we kind of did this behind the curtain. We did this at the very last second per (laughs) usual. But I'm going to actually be a company man, and uh, I'm going to throw some money on that big-time preseason tilt between the Chicago Bears and the Seattle Seahawks. That is actually tonight. Uh, I didn't realize that game was tonight. Um, Yeah, tonight. Yeah, but uh, I'm putting I'm putting money uh, on the money line. Just going nice and simple. Bears plus one fifty on the money line is the points bet play of the week. They are a preseason juggernaut after dominating <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs last weekend. The the Seahawks without Russell Wilson, uh, they're they're looking to take a step backwards. Uh, uh, yeah, Jake Locker is their quarterback. It's a it's a preseason game. I'm not going to try and even announce. <laughs> I just I just looked at the one bet that actually had plus odds, and I went with that. Uh, but this is just an opportunity for us to remind you that uh, CHGO Bears will have live post game after tonight's game. I believe our buddy Nick Moreno is actually uh, in is. Seattle for the game. I saw He's some there. pictures. Yeah. I saw some pictures of him from O'Hare Airport. I'm assuming he's going to Seattle and not on vacation. So uh, <laughs> tell him to get a steady O while he's out there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, maybe Nick Marino joining the Kraken as well. We don't know for sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll know. Everybody else is from S- Chicago. Why not him? So S T L E S T. How would it be in Seattle if we did a all city? S T T S T T L. Yeah. What? Yeah. Seat, the seat. Settle. I just, I just really want to expand the Boston so we're BSTN just to confuse everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's close enough. But yeah, so 150 plus 150 bears on the money line. Um, that's our points bet play of the week. Watch the bears preseason and then head over to the YouTube channel, CHGO Sports, and check out our Bears crew for your live post game. They'll break it down for you. They'll tell you which one of these guys that actually had big games in the second half might be players and which are guys that are like, eh. Yes. All right. That'll be fun. couple uh, housekeeping notes for everyone listening. Uh, beginning Monday. So tomorrow's show, we are audio only. We're going to record around 10 a.m. So look for it around 1130 or noon. But starting next week, our showtime changes to 1.30 p.m. Central time. So we won't be on at 11 anymore. We'll be on at 1.30 as the Bears shift their daily show to noon. So we're going to have a really nice lead in uh, starting next week. So set your reminders. We're going to be at 1.30 every day until the season begins. Then we'll start our kind of 
you know, Chaos. game day, all that sort of stuff thing. Fluctuating um, schedule. Yeah, but until the season begins, 1.30 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you smash that like button on the YouTube page. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube page and on your podcast app. If it's Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, uh, whatever. Whatever you use to listen to your podcast, make sure you're subscribed. Turn on those notifications. You can do notifications like on a podcast per podcast basis. So it doesn't have to be every podcast you're subscribed to, just your favorites. So subscribe to this and all the great CHGO sports podcasts we have. Every pro team in Chicago is represented. I know we've got a Bears or a Bulls and Sky uh, co-podcast coming up. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed to those. The Sky are in the playoffs right now. So you're going to want to listen to CHGO Sky. There's so much great stuff going on at CHGO Sports. Make sure you're a part of it. Join us at allchgo.com. Become a member. Get a t-shirt. All that great stuff. So we'll talk to you audio only on Friday. Look for us around 1130 or 12. And then reminder, next week we start our new time of 1.30 Monday through Thursday. So for Greg and Mario, I'm Jay. Thanks to Sarah for running the show today. This has been the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.